When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in everybody, this is Coast to Coast Football, my name is Scott Kennedy, I'll be your host, I'm in Atlanta, this guy over here, he's Nick Kendall, he's in Seattle, that's why we are Coast to Coast with your football coverage. Nick, I know you wanted to talk some NFL draft, and we always like talking some NFL draft, but for one of the first times in a long time, dude, I am intrigued with all of this NFL playoff race and trying to predict who gets in. The top seeds are pretty much still up for grabs, and this is a pivotal weekend coming up. There's some really good, important games all across the board in every division. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Had a daycare tour last night man scott i'm gonna be broke beyond my wildest dreams uh with the uh, child care stuff coming up here but uh no doing pretty well uh excited that friday's here excited that we'd stop raining for a second uh, which is great we have another atmospheric river just coming down the tracks here sunday but uh it's we're we're gonna get through uh we do every seattle winter so it's okay <laughs> yeah you're not just getting seattle mist you're actually getting some rain yeah, no, the we had the rainiest like December 6th in Seattle history. Luckily, when we do get those huge rain events here in the winter, it's warm too. It's all this water coming from Hawaii. That's why they call it a pineapple express. Uh, so it's a uh, at least it's warmer and we're not shivering too. But man, it uh, it streets flood. It's wild. All right. Well, we've got some <laughs> wild stuff going on this weekend. And let's hit let's hit on last night. Uh, yeah. We might as well get started with uh with the playoff talk and the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Pittsburgh Steelers look like they were ready to take a stranglehold on a spot in the playoffs they're sitting at seven and four they got the Cardinals coming up yep. they've got the Patriots coming up at home they lose them both they're seven and six I'm out on the on the Steelers now I don't think they're they're even going to make the playoffs at this point now Mike Tomlin was very defiant and you know what what gives you the confidence one of the reporters asked him, what gives you the, the confidence that, you know, you can get back and turn this thing around? He says, that's what we do. That's who we are. I'm like, well, if anybody's going to say it, I don't believe it is, is it might be Mike Tomlin. But they're, I'm ready to stick a fork in them and, and start opening up another playoff spot, Nick. Yeah, I mean, two losses to two of the worst five teams in the NFL. Three. <laughs> Three I Yes, I was just being like, you never know. Sometimes, I know, I know I'm teasing little air bar, but tell me the top three picks, right? If the Cardinals mm-hmm. are still sitting there in three and the Patriots are still sitting there at two. So yeah, the Steelers look like they're kind of falling apart here. Uh, only putting up 18 and that's something too. I mean, this is why the NFL is the best, right? Any given Sunday, uh, the parody is crazy. Like if this was, you know, Alabama versus Southwest, you know, children of the blind state, uh, A&M, then, you know, there's no way in hell that game the Alabama ever loses. But well, uh, in the NFL, against all of college football talent into 32 teams. Yeah, you might have more competitive matchups. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, wouldn't be the best, but I I agree. So, yeah, the 
This is why the NFL is the best. This is one reason also I see all like Broncos fans talking about the schedule down the stretch. I'm like, oh, no way we go more than less than three and two. We'll probably go four and one. There are no damn guarantees in the NFL. You got to take it one at a time. I mean, I know it's cliche, but you could easily go one and four down the stretch because it's the NFL. It's tough. Uh, So Steelers falling out now. I'll believe they're dead when they are dead, uh, but with the offensive stuff going on, don't believe the quarterbacks. They're still malcontent in that offensive room. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely seem like a team that is plummeting and plummeting flat, fast. Yeah, they're, it's hard to do anything with, with the way Mitch Trubisky played last night in the first half. It's hard to win yeah. games against yeah. anybody. And then Bailey Zappi had a nice game, really couple really nice throws to, to Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Got shut out in the second half, but so be it. You build a 21-3 lead and hang on. That defense had just given up just six points to the Chargers. That defense for the Patriots are good. You get a 21-3 hold, you could be in trouble, even against uh, the Patriots. We go live on these channels every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what I did? I screwed this up. I am streaming to the wrong channel. Let me fix this. I want to remove this from Twitter real quick. And I want to bring in our Atlanta Falcons page because that is a page that I think will have more fun discussing discussing uh, the playoffs. So apologies. I was streaming to uh, the wrong channel. I was streaming to my Falcons Twitter page instead of my Falcons Facebook page. And want to bring in some Falcons fans because we are going to talk the NFC South. That is one of the pivotal pivotal games. The, the Bucks and Falcons uh, is for first place in the NFC South. And if the Bucks win, the first place team would be six and seven. <laughs> so... I uh, apologize to y'all, and if you're watching this after the fact, leave a comment, and uh, I'll, I'll catch back up. But we were talking Steelers. Now, the Steelers aren't out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They're still 7-6, and six, and if you run through the playoff scenarios, uh, which I, I did this morning, and you pick winners and losers, the Browns, the Jaguars are at the Browns. If the Jaguars win that game, the Steelers are still in a playoff spot. They'd be in the seventh seed at seven and six against the Baltimore Ravens, assuming everything else happened the way I had it. But I had most of the favorites winning in, in those games. So the, the the Steelers aren't out of it, but my God, you go, you lose those two games against those two teams at home. It certainly isn't going to get any easier. You're going to have to get right in a hurry down the stretch on the final four games when you have to go at Colts, Bengals, at Seahawks, at Ravens. I think there's a spot opening up in the AFC playoff spot. I think the Steelers are going to lose theirs. Yeah, that's definitely got to be one of the toughest uh, strength of schedules down the stretch as well. And losing two gimmies, I mean, the, if anybody can pull them and you know right the ship, it is Mike Tomlin, but they got to have no confidence right now after losing to the Cardinals and the Patriots. Maybe an overlooking factor, but I can't imagine that uh, with a team that's that much in the playoff race with the Steelers and what they've done historically. I mean, not like, you know, back in the 70s, but even in like the last five years. I mean, this is a team that knows what it takes to win, so they might be out. Um, we'll see. Still four more games. They are sitting there. At, what is it? Seven and six. So yeah, it's not over. They're still in a spot, but my God, yeah. they should be. If they are a playoff team, they should be nine and four and cruising. Yeah. And and really putting heat on the Baltimore Ravens. Instead, they're looking over their shoulders because yep. you know who else is there? The whole AFC North is up for grabs. You know who else yep. is there? The Cincinnati Bengals are there now. You know, and the Browns aren't going away. If Flacco can steady that team at quarterback, they've got the defense. They've got a playoff defense. 
Um, as I was saying a moment ago, before I realized I screwed up, <laughs> we go live on these channels every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because we enjoy the interaction with the fans, including guys like Greg Elrod, who came in nice and early. He says, morning, my favorite way to start a Friday. Well, we're glad you're here, man. Certainly appreciate it. Again, I'm a... Sometimes I, I I think about these shows. It's like you know, do do people really want to talk rest of the NFL? And and as I started looking at this, I'm like, I want to talk NFL. Okay, so if I want to talk NFL, and we're excited about NFL. Then we got a show. We got a show with y'all and guys like John Harrell coming in. Uh, appreciate you on YouTube, Ryan Adonis. Uh, he says, "Let's go Falcons." He's not sold on the on the Steelers right now, and the Steelers fans are out on Mike Tomlin. Uh, he's trending on my page on Twitter. You know they they tailor that to the individual so you might not have seen that but i did i clicked on tomlin and the steelers fans are done i i understand i do with their history and their lack of success in the last decade i mean steelers don't go 10 years without a super bowl that just is not like them i i get it i understand he'd have a job in the nfc south in five minutes and the steelers fans are like we understand that too and that's okay we need a change i'm like okay i i seriously i i get it from both angles tomlin would be a hot commodity but he may have run his race in pittsburgh already mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's possible if he is available you want to talk about first round draft picks for a coach i mean somebody would be tripping over themselves to get a chance at uh, mike tomlin but yeah their schedule is extremely tough uh down the stretch uh, I don't know if this is including last night's New England game, uh, but uh, as far as rankings go, they have the oh, – I saw them in here somewhere. Come on, this is great live radio. 17th hardest strength of schedule left. So that must be including the New England game uh, still. They, they'll turn the page when the whole week is over for all the NFL teams. Um, but dropping those two, I just – it would be a hell of a coaching job and a turnaround and internal fortitude uh, if they were able to make the playoffs with the schedule they have left after dropping the two they just did. I agree. I agree. Harry, Mar Harry Marshall Woods said, I had to hunt y'all down on Friday, not used to watching on Fridays. Well, we're here. We're here on Fridays, at least through draft. And then we'll see, uh, we'll see how the summer goes. But for me, football season is goes to about May 1st and then kicks back up about August 1st. So that's 10 months. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing the show on Fridays for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have you in here. Uh, let me see. Jordan Brown found us. He goes, good morning, guys. Just subscribed on Scott's YouTube channel. Couldn't find the All Falcons page, though. Okay, well, I certainly appreciate that. Um, there isn't one on YouTube. There is one on Facebook. It's just All Falcons ATL on, on Facebook um, to find it. There's about 16,000 on that page. And then my Scott Kennedy Facebook page is growing well. Uh, I, I post all kinds of NFL stuff on there. The, the, this morning, the, the three videos I have on there, schedule one for eight was Bill Belichick, then Mike Tomlin, and then Bailey Zappi. And I'll probably go LeBron James because they had a big game last night too. So uh, it's an all-sports page, lots of video, lots of clips. So appreciate y'all coming in wherever you can. Bucks Rays Bolts is here. Hey, Scotty, good to see you. Uh, our Tampa guy coming in. He's been joining us on uh, in our Falcons chats and has been a welcome guest as well. Brad Clark, uh, good, good day, everyone. Rise up. Uh, let me see here. Um, before we get into those questions, I see some of them. I want to come in like, who's, who do you think is going to win this game, et cetera, et cetera. I want to say hello to some folks. Morning, gentlemen. I got concerns of our our the depth of our defense this week. I'm assuming you mean Atlanta Falcons. On Fridays, it's a little yes. tougher because we're talking everybody, especially when I got Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts on the, on the pictures today. 
No, he is Falcons. He joined us on Wednesday. So good to yeah. see you. Another PR PR. Uh, and then uh, Lawrence Rivera, you know, echoing my statement on uh, on Tomlin that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't be out of work long. And like I said, that that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 not time to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you you can your message stops getting across. You lose some of your support within the organization. It's it could be time for a fresh start. That works for coaches too. I get it. I, I get it. If the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are ready to move on, I understand. And I would be lining up to try and hire Mike Tomlin too. So again, who do you want in, in exchange? That's, you know, who can you replace them with that's better? That becomes the next question. And we, we've got a, a video on here that was a couple of weeks back that we did on, uh, on the YouTube channel about the, the top candidates. You know, Bobby Slowick, Slowick is one of those guys. Um, uh, Houston Texans, another playoff type of, of uh, atmosphere that we're talking about there. Uh, Ryan Adonis, I appreciate you coming in with the super chat, my friend. Always very active in the chats and on the, uh, the YouTube channel and, and part of the community. He says, Falcons coming to play this Sunday. Thank you guys for having the best show every week. Go Bijan. Well, certainly we appreciate it, Ryan. Uh, mixing and matching between all the different stuff we do. We really enjoy what we do. So hopefully it shows and, and you enjoy it. So uh, we, we, let's put a, uh, let's move on from the Steelers. We've, we've gotten there. And uh, you know, as we move, start moving down the calendar, one of the first games up that will be coming up is Buccaneers Falcons. That is for the NFC South lead. Uh, if the Bucks win, they move to six and seven. The Falcons would drop to six and seven. The Buccaneers would have a better conference record at five and four versus four and five. So they would win that tiebreaker. I feel like for the good of the game, for goodness sakes, no offense to Bucks fans. But I don't want a losing team going to the playoffs. I just don't. You need somebody. And as a neutral, yes, I know I live in Atlanta. I grew up an Atlanta fan. I would be saying it different if I was rooting for the Atlanta Falcons in this situation, but I want someone to take charge of the NFC South. If the Falcons were sitting there at five and seven, not really looking at the playoffs, it wouldn't really change how I feel about this. I want someone to take charge of the NFC South and not just backdoor their way into the playoffs to be playoff fodder for one of the teams in the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's probably still a likelihood, uh, considering that whoever wins the NFC South is going to go up against Cowboys slash Eagles. Uh, but you never know. That's why you play the game, right? This isn't the uh, NCAA playoff committee where we're just basing things on hypotheticals. Uh, we get to see what the results are. So anything can happen there. I, I think the Atlanta Falcons will take care of business in this game at the end of the day. Uh, I think that with Atlanta's 4-2 and two at home, Buccaneers are 2-4 and four on the road. And Baker Mayfield's a limited quarterback. Atlanta's playing good defense right now. He could keep it close. He'll keep it in control. And as long as Desmond Ritter continues what he did last week and just protect the gosh darn football, you got a chance against this team. And I think he's, I think he probably has had this game circled, also considering the missed opportunities he had the first time they played the Buccaneers. Not again, not this time. I think Atlanta's going to take care of business. I, I, I think so too. I think I picked the Falcons by double digits in this game. I just like the matchup. Yeah, the Falcons want to be a smash mouth type of team, and that watching the Panthers and Chuba Hubbard just chew up the middle of the the, the Buccaneers defense without Vita Vea in there, 
I, I just don't like the matchup for the uh, the the Buccaneers because, okay, Baker Mayfield can get him some yards, but he's also going to put the ball in harm's way. This You don't want to put the ball in harm's way with Jesse Bates out there patrolling. It's a different Falcons defense. They don't put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. The Buccaneers do. The Buccaneers have been getting some pressure on the quarterback, which is is uh, doesn't always bode well for Desmond Ritter. But I just like the matchup in this case with the style of play that the Atlanta Falcons will have success running right at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then hit their shots, and their defense is good enough to to put the kibosh on uh, on on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Edward Brown comes in here with a great point and a super chat, which is also nice, but he also says, I see the Mike Tomlin situation the same way Andy Reid's situation. Good coach, but sometimes a change of scenery can recharge you. And it has been good for the Philadelphia Eagles too. You know, mm-hmm. so it was one of those win-win situations. I think this is an excellent point uh, to be made that Andy Reid wasn't going to be out of out of uh, out of work for very long. No, and both teams may have benefited. Andy Reid may have started losing the locker room a little bit. You know, his voice not being heard, a change of scenery for everybody, a, a fresh start could benefit everybody. So I'm I'm okay with that. The, the Kansas City Chiefs have certainly benefited from Andy Reid. And you can't say the Philadelphia Eagles went backwards. That's for sure. So it was it was good for both of them. Yeah, I'm curious what would happen with Mike Tomlin if he were available. I think he'd probably get a first and third round pick uh, for him, especially considering what appears like the Broncos setting kind of not a not a total precedent, but first time in a decade. I think we've had a coach traded. Uh, so it would be interesting to see what happens. I hope it would be to the NFC. And man, if he were available, that would really change the dynamic of uh the coaching market this offseason what is his history with the tampa bay buccaneers because i heard someone say and, and bucks raised bolts you might be able to tell me um someone said you know I'd, I'd love to bring him back home to tampa and i didn't know what that necessarily meant if he were available so there i think there's some history there um there could be I'd set the over-under at three coaching changes. We're already at one in the NFC South. I think probably Arthur Smith, if he wins the division and goes nine and eight or better, he'll be back. But Tampa could be looking for another coach. New Orleans could be looking for another coach. And we already know Carolina is. So Mike Tomlin back in Tampa might make sense. Uh, He was the defensive backs coach in Tampa from 2001 to 2005. Uh, and I'm, he must have been uh, given that timeline underneath Tony Dungy. Uh, that makes a lot of sense as well. So uh, timeline wise, so that there you go. Um, yeah, he coached under Tony Dungy. So shout out five Tony seasons Dungy. in Tampa, and they had some pretty good seasons there too. So yeah. um, I get that. That would Atlanta Falcons fans probably wouldn't want to see Mike Tomlin in Tampa. No, um, the the NFC South would, but it would be good for the NFC South. That would be a might be a good move for. For both of them. Um, and Edward, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Uh, want to move down the schedule just a little bit here. Uh, we talked uh, Buccaneers, Falcons. You got Lions, Bears. That one's pretty straightforward. Um, but another it, one coming up at 1 o'clock. Is, is it the, though? Scott, I mean, the Lions are really good. But this Bears offensive running game has been awesome. We're not talking wins, losses. I'm talking playoffs oh. here. Okay, just just pure playoffs. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's I, I'm fine. talking just playoffs. The Bears can beat the Lions. Yes. This one's for straightforward. I mean, the Bears are not going to make the playoffs. The Lions almost are. certainly will. Yes. So this is playoff race discussion, okay. not necessarily wins and losses. Week 14 
for sure. I think the Bears will be interesting just because their offensive line is starting to come together um, there, and their run defense has been great too. So they're going to make Jared Goff. And Detroit beat has been struggling mightily on defense, and yes. it could and be quietly, a good showcase game for Justin Fields. And quietly over the last eight weeks, the Bears' run defense has turned into an absolute monster. Uh, they are their success rate and EPA per rush on the defensive side of the ball is significantly better than anybody else in the league right now. I don't know what's happened. I haven't watched too much bears football, uh, but it's like, you look at the graphics, you're like, what the heck is going on in Chicago? Montez Nobody can run on that factor. Just not just a pass rusher. Yeah. It's, it's been unbelievable with their run defense. So uh did want to give them a shout out too. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I wasn't trying to say that that game was already decided. Just that yes. the, the the playoff fortunes for both teams have probably already been decided. It would be really hard to picture the Lions not make the playoffs, and it would be tough to see the Bears in the playoffs. Um, other 1 o'clock game in that neck of the woods, um, move east a little bit over to Cincinnati, and you got the Colts at Bengals. Now, when Joe Burrow went down, I was just about ready to bury the Bengals, and then they go off. And last week, they had a nice win at Jacksonville. All of a sudden, making the uh, the AFC South look a little more interesting because all of a sudden, the Colts, on the heels of their four-game winning streak, they're just one game behind the Jags now. So yeah. Colts have won four in a row. The Bengals had a big win in Jacksonville. Was that more of a lukish type thing or can jake browning sustain the big week that he had and beat the colts i think this is a total toss-up pick'em game uh i would probably pick the colts right now on this one just the hot hand i trust their defense a little bit more uh but my biggest takeaway from the cincinnati Bengals putting up that many points against a very good jags defense is that jamar chase might be quarterback proof uh, in the NFL, um, he was still <laughs> unbelievable in that game. Uh, shout out to Jake Browning for coming in there, former Washington Husky quarterback. Uh, not not a great prospect when he was coming out by any means, but looks pretty darn good taking on the Jags and a good defense. So I'll take the Colts in this one, but color me intrigued. Uh, calling the Bengals dead when Burrow went down, but the it's another Shanahan team, right? Another Shanahan scheme out there in Cincinnati and. Maybe that's a uh, plug-and-play quarterback stuff going on there. Maybe we've been overrating Burrow. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see what the Bengals do down the stretch here, sitting there at six and six. Not dead yet. The the Bengals are in this thing. Um, Jake Browning, I think he comes back down to earth a little bit after a big game. We've seen that happen. You know, you know the the instant the instant success, and then the oh, this is the next big thing. We saw it with Will Levis. We saw it last year with Bailey Zappi. Um, we saw it year one with Mac Jones. So Jake Browning, you know, I don't expect him to stay quite that hot. Keep waiting for it to, uh, you know, who's, who's disproving that rule is, uh, Mr. Brock Purdy up in San Francisco. <laughs> Keep waiting for him to come back down to earth. Maybe he's just that good. Um, this stat may surprise you, Nick. It did surprise me talking about, let's get pressure on a, a young ish quarterback and Jake Browning who hasn't started, who hasn't played a whole lot. Did you know? The Indianapolis Colts are second in the NFL in sacks. Wow. No, I would not. I have had no that. idea. I, I help cover this team. I, I pay a lot of attention to the Colts. I watch them weekly and, and see, and I had no idea. The Baltimore Ravens have 47 sacks. The Indianapolis Colts are number two with 42. The Bills, Dolphins, and Chargers all have 41. Indianapolis Colts. 
Well, they have two really good interior defensive linemen in uh, Grover Stewart. I was a big fan of coming out. Broke my heart. He went one pick before the Broncos, I think. Uh, and uh, also, of course, DeForest Buckner. And I think Quiddy Pay has been coming on there uh, for the Indianapolis Colts as well. Uh, former first-round pick out of Michigan. Always really uh, athletically gifted, uh, but hadn't put it all together yet. But I know he's uh, – when I've tuned in and seen the Colts this year, I've seen Quiddy Pay flash and make some plays as well. So – Coming together, I think their linebacker too, Zaire uh, Zaire Franklin. Franklin. Uh, Sam Ebukam was one of their bigger free agent signings, and, and he's, he's been, having a good year from yes. the 49ers. He was backing up, you know, Joey Bosa and uh, not Joey Bosa. Um, Nick is in San Francisco, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa and uh, whoever was on the side, I forgot who's on the other side. Um, well, you can be the third best edge rusher on San Francisco's team last year and still be pretty darn good. And that's you can never have enough pass rushers and defensive linemen. It should be in waves, and uh, he's been good this year. I think his sack, yeah, over the last six games, he's like one of the top five sack uh, earners in the NFL. So, will be interesting. We got Matt coming in here. Uh, good to see you, Matt. Hope you're doing well. He says, How likely it is the Giants make the seven seed? The NFC, the NFC is crumbling down to their level. And if they beat Green Bay, they win three in a row. I would be pretty shocked about that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, give give them some credit for some fortitude, but they're still sitting there at the 12 seed and six and six. Uh, yeah, they've been climbing out, uh, but uh, I just I don't know. I, I think it's pre- it would be pretty hard to see them jumping the Rams. First off, beating the Rams, I'm <laughs> taking the Rams this week. They've been equally hot too. Yeah, uh, so. that's that's the problem. Nick is um, two of the teams that were lower that have also picked it up, or two teams that I s- said last week you have to watch the Rams and the Pack. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the other teams. It's it, when you when you start that low, it's like okay, not only do I have to I win to get a certain record, I, I need help. These other teams that I have to climb over are doing some things well. Um, looking at one stat, playoffstatus.com, they've got the Giants at two percent, which is one of the bottom. If I count up, 32, 31, 30, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, seventh from the bottom of chances. Now, it's not impossible. But no. uh, I'm I'm here with uh, I'm here with no way the Giants make the playoffs. I'm here with Harry on this one. I'd be really really surprised. Yeah, sitting um, there at four and eight. Excuse me, their Packers are six and six. I was looking at their next opponent, and the Packers have one of the easiest strengths of schedule uh, down the stretch in the entire NFL. They are second uh, entering this week, so it would be pretty darn hard to see the Giants do that. Uh, I guess credit to them and uh, the fighting Tommy DeVitos for fighting back and playing football when they were definitely left for dead. Still sitting there with the seventh overall pick in the draft. They'll probably finish somewhere in the seven, uh, the five to ten range. So good for them for winning some games, but I, I'm not buying. Yeah, it's again nine and eight will probably give you a pretty good chance of getting into the playoffs, but they'd have to go five and zero oh the rest of the way, knocking off the Packers on Monday night. Um, I thought that what, Monday night was the. Um, I could be wrong. I, is it there's Sunday two night? games this Monday. Oh, heck yeah! yeah I didn't realize that until just now either. So. Um, yeah. There's two games this Monday, Titans, Dolphins, Packers at Giants. So um, I think it would be it would be really tough. Want to uh, see some other stuff coming in here. But right now I'm going to go to our guy, John Harrell, who's coming in with a twenty dollar super sticker support for the show. Thank you. As I uh, it's a nice reminder from John, from Edward, from Ryan, that uh, super chats and stars on Facebook are the most direct way to support the show and and the efforts that that. Nick and I do every week, every day, really, um, to try and bring more content. We have a lot of fun doing this. 
can't do it without guys like you because our wives would make us stop. So <laughs> we certainly appreciate John with the support for the show that you have coming in. Uh, a good question in here from Rusty. Rusty's been a little salty lately. He's he's uh, he's one of those, I'm tired of watching this stuff. How can you think that this is good Falcon stuff despite the wins? And I've been leaning a little bit more towards Rusty's side. Again, just because a win does not mean everything is okay. That was kind of the, the point I've been trying to make this week for uh, on the Falcons podcast. Yes, be happy with a win. Be happy with the direction. That doesn't mean you're not trying to find areas to improve because there are always areas to improve. There's there's areas of concern. What are you looking at going into the offseason? And he asks, going into the offseason, what needs to happen for the rest of the year to give Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter another year? A playoff win for me is the only answer, not a playoff appearance and losing by 50. Desmond Ritter is going to get another year in the organization because he's cheap, unless he's part of some big blockbuster trade where you send him along as a piecemeal, like the Broncos did with Drew Locke when they sent him to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Arthur Smith, I've got to see over the last five weeks, I've got to see massive improvement on offense, flat out. The defense is playing great. Special teams are great. But he's also offensive coordinator and play caller, and the offense has regressed massively. I think if they go 9-8 and eight and get into the playoffs, he's back. Desmond Ritter isn't going anywhere. He's cheap. He's on a contract. I would have the conversation with him very seriously if I'm President Rich McKay and owner Arthur Blank. What are you going to do to make changes to this offense to get better? And you can sacrifice coordinators once <clears throat> and save your job. Do you... Give more power to Dave Ragone, or do you replace Dave Ragone? Or do you think you're just going to get better internally, which is right now something that I would be against? Yeah, I mean, they got to do something offensively. This is an offensive-oriented head coach hire, and the Falcons are the eighth-worst offense in the NFL in EPA per play, and obviously not getting it done. They're the seventh-worst in uh, success rate. Uh, Passing-wise, they are the tenth-worst in rush. This is the one that's crazy to me, the tenth-worst rush epa per play i mean that's supposed to be your bread and butter you spend all these resources on the offensive line you go out there and you get a tight end and a big wide receiver to help you know obviously the pass game but also to be an impact in the run game as blockers in the perimeter you spend a top 10 pick on a running back Bijan robinson so to be bottom 10 in rush epa with what you have pieces wise and what you've spent it's not uh, it's not acceptable i do think i am with i'm I'm kind of in between both you and uh, Rusty. I think that you, if you make the playoffs, you're pretty much safe. But if you make the playoffs and get absolutely embarrassed, uh, then we'll have some, I think we'll have to have a conversation here because they, on, in theory, on paper, there's no way the offense should look like this. And when your head coach is also the offensive coordinators, in the very least, like you said, changes to the power structure and who's calling plays, but mm-hmm. Mate, coaches don't like doing that, obviously. Um, and that could be enough to push them out the door. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. But first, got to make the playoffs. And right. uh, that starts this week. Yeah, if you if you finish, the thing is, is 8-9 might make the playoffs. You know, so and we've had this discussion before. You know, if you're 8-9, if you're um, you eke into the playoffs, what does that mean for Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter? It means there's some big questions to be had. There's It means they're not safe. I don't know that they I don't know that Arthur Smith would be gone, but his seat would be scorching. Scorching. Um, 
you know, go eight and nine and make a run and all of a sudden everything comes together and win the Super Bowl, then you're fine. But, you know, the odds of that happening right now with what we've seen are are pretty low. Okay, uh, moving on. Another big game in the AFC, Jaguars-Browns. Browns all of a sudden. You got Joe Flacco maybe being able to save the Browns. Jaguars coming off a loss to the Bengals, another AFC North team last week, which revived the Bengals' playoff hopes. The Jaguars thought they're looking safe. We're looking pretty good. All of a sudden, they're looking over their shoulder. They're looking over their shoulder a little bit. The The Colts have won four in a row. They got a chance to, to win another one. They have the tiebreaker over the Colts because they're 2-0 against the Colts. This is all of a sudden a, a really, really important game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is hurt, but so is C.J. Beathard, their backup quarterback. I mean, could this be a uh, Nick Foles reemergence here? I think he's the uh, next guy on the roster there for the Jags. So uh, I might be leaning the Browns on this one, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, I think watching Joe Flacco versus Nick Foles, you could have, you know, given me a billion guesses on who the quarterbacks would be in a game like this down the stretch. And I never would have gotten to Joe Flacco versus Nick Foles. So uh, crazy how many injuries we've had at quarterback this season. Uh, but I think the Browns are going to get this one right. Uh, Joe Flacco at least gives him confidence, somebody who can run the offense. Uh, he looked okay out there in a few of those throws this week, especially when they are being so predicated on the run uh, with the Browns. So we'll see. Um, it is uh, it is going to be a an interesting uh, game, no doubt. The Browns have the most dominant unit on the field uh, in their defense, so that's that's kind of what leans me uh, to them. But Jags are not too far behind. The home game helps. It's a they're a three point favorite, so you're you're at home, fifty degrees in rain. What's the over under on this one? Oh man, uh, <laughs> 32 and a half. Wow, thirty two I mean, and a half for an NFL game is really really low. That's, uh, that but again, you're down to you're playing your fifth and sixth quarterbacks of the season in these places yeah. right now. You know, we talk about drafting a quarterback every year. Yes, absolutely. You should have. I, I see why you want to keep three quarterbacks now. It's uh, you want to have those guys out there. So uh, I, I can absolutely see why you'd, you'd want to have three quarterbacks. Um, Chris Walker, want to say hello. Uh Good to see you in here. He says, Rich McKay doing something necessary. To me, he's not that, been that great in Atlanta. No, he's a big part of the problem is is, is Rich McKay. When you start looking at this, this steady, what's been the constant? Arthur Blank and Rich McKay. Arthur Blank has done what good owners should do, which is support the hell out of the team and pour a bunch of resources in it. No problems there, except for sometimes he's a little too loyal. And that's a hard... That, that's so that's really hard to say. Oh, he's he's too good a guy. <laughs> you know? Um, but I uh I, I understand on that one. So yes, that becomes a very, very interesting game. Um, if the Jaguars win that game, it puts the Steelers back into a playoff spot for now. And let's see here. And it would make the sixth seed Houston against third seed Kansas City, fifth seed Indianapolis against fourth seed Jacksonville. Jacksonville wins that game with Miami still having the, the number one seed. So I agree with you. Uh, that one, it could be an ugly game, but it is going to be very, very important in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Michael Dominic coming in on Facebook. Good morning, fellas. As a fan, making the playoffs is heading in the right direction. I feel we have the weapons offensively as a Falcons fan, but uh, we can improve by utilizing the tools we have correctly, which hasn't been the case. Personally, I think Heineke will bring us further into the playoffs. 
I don't, I don't know if Heineke's the guy either. Um, I, I think over the course of the offseason, somehow, some way, the Falcons are going to be in the market for a starting quarterback. Bring him in. If it's a draft, if it's a free agent, if it's a trade, bring him in. Desmond, unless he's part of a deal, will still be there. Let the best man win. You're gonna, I, I believe Taylor Heineke was brought in to be the backup. Flat out. He said it. Everybody said it. It was said. That's that's a fact to Desmond Ritter. The next guy coming in will be there to compete for a starting position. And I think that happens this offseason. Desmond Ritter hasn't shown enough to, to prove that he automatically gets the keys to the team in 2024. Not yet. Not yet. Five games left. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, a lot depends on how you played on stretch, but also what the quarterback carousel looks like this off season. Uh, also, it could be a, could be an interesting one. It's been pretty wild the last two off seasons. So I don't think uh, Heineke is a guy that would take you further in the playoffs. Honestly, I don't, I think you probably look around the room and be like, I don't know if I trust any of these guys to take you far in the playoffs. Uh, but the, we kind of know who Heineke is as an NFL player. You are in the competing for the playoffs, but also evaluate evaluation and development uh, mode for Desmond Ritter. So I think that is the the way to go with that. If he gets hurt or confidence again, you go with Heineke. But at that point, you know, pulling that move again this season, I mean, that would be concerning for everybody. I mean, what it might do with Ritter's confidence. He definitely would not be the guy then. And also, what does that say for Arthur Smith and decisions? If you're just going back and forth and back and forth, looking like the Jets, you know, with what they're doing in the quarterback room. Um, so you probably stick with Ritter and hope for the best here. And if, again, the defense is playing well enough. You have the offensive infrastructure. Take care of the ball. Good things happen. And and Ryan says, you know, I still think Arthur Smith has a tough, hard-playing team. I agree. And that's mm -hmm. why I would say I like the overall culture of the team, which for yeah. me is the head coach's main job. As a head coach, I like what Arthur Smith has done with the Atlanta Falcons and Terry Fontenot has done with the Atlanta Falcons. As an offensive coordinator, I do not. If Dave Ragone was calling plays – and was the offensive coordinator that was hired to be the offensive coordinator and play caller for this team, we would be calling for his head. Yeah. Flat out. Yep. So when you can't separate those two from the head coach, maybe you can separate those two from the head coach. And that's kind of where I am um, right now. And, uh, and Greg Elrod talking about, you know, middle pack teams, middle of the pack teams drafting, you know, 15 to 20 or so. Uh, in this case, Atlanta Falcons. He says, I don't see a path for a top quarterback or edge in the draft. And, and that's okay. There's going to be some good day two quarterbacks. There might be. There's actually some of them could go back. I say that every time. And J.J. McCarthy could be gone. Shadur Sanders isn't coming out. And no. all these guys. The NIL is going to change things. The middle, yeah. eventually it'll normalize, but we're still new enough in the NIL era that uh, we have not gotten a lot of these quarterbacks coming out. Like a lot of these guys in the, in, with the COVID year two, uh, so it really could be a lot thinner in terms of the depth of the quarterback class because it makes more sense for these guys to go back and get paid, you know, six figures for one season as a 23, seven, seven excuse me. Yeah. Seven figures. Yeah. Math's hard uh, for one season, you know, moving up versus, you know, being a round three, round four draft pick. I mean, guys like, you know, Riley Leonard, he's going to get massively paid uh, to go cam cam ward instead of coming out. He's going back. Uh, you have your guys like, uh, Quinn Ewers, I think I might have already said him. So it's Shadir Sanders going to get paid too. So uh, we have not normalized yet on what NIL means for these players coming out. And I think we have one more year 
of the uh, the COVID season uh, for these guys in college too. But it's uh, it'll be interesting. You haven't had many guys run out of eligibility that are forced to come out like you do this upcoming season with uh, Sam Hartman is one in Notre Dame. He's kind of the mercenary of that one year thing we're talking about. Michael Penix and Bo Nix. I mean, that's a lot of guys are returning. The yeah, one guy who interests me, Scott, is uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, nope. keep an eye out for him again. I'm getting the draft in there either way, Scott. Um, but uh, I'm going to be curious to see what Spencer Rattler does down at the senior bowl, just because his talent is eye candy. And I think throwing against Aaron in that setting, people are going to be like, Oh, this is why he was being mocked number one overall two years ago. Yeah. The quarterback, whatever documentary thing that happened, he looked like a real piece of, you know what yeah. uh, in that. And he's going to have questions to answer for that as well. But I the think- arm talent. Ooh. I, he's 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 I think that he's been humbled the, the South Carolina fans speak well of him um you know I, I saw him, a, a discussion on Spencer Rattler from South Carolina fans like you know where does he rank around the best quarterbacks and they started talking about was like this is one of the best players we've ever had I'm like all right okay um you know South Carolina's history isn't you know the University of Alabama but still they go back 100 years they've had some players mm-hmm. um so it it, it, me, it meant well you know, guys will defend their own to a certain yeah. extent, but a transfer comes in and is an a-hole about it. You don't embrace him quite the same. You don't embrace him the way South Carolina fans have embraced Spencer Rattler. So hopefully he learned his lessons and has been humbled and that talent can take over and he can become the guy uh, would be rooting for that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him down at senior bowl too. I'll be looking forward to see how he interacts with new players slash teammates and how they interact with him. And coaches. talking to some of the coaches that work with him all week. Yeah. yeah. Might dig well. into that just a little bit too. Greg, certainly appreciate it. The one point I wanted to make on this, Greg, the defensive line free agent class is stout. Is stout. You might have to make a trade to sign and trade type of things. Watch out for, you know, any kind of uh what am I looking for? Franchise tags or whatnot. I don't remember all I don't remember all the names right off the top of my head. I just remember seeing seven or eight names of ooh, those are some difference makers that are scheduled to hit free agency on the defensive line this year. So that might be handled before the draft. Keep an eye on that. Montez Sweat is one of those that's already been taken off. Yeah. He was one of those that was supposed to be on there as well and has already been taken off when the Chicago Bears made a trade for him and then um and then signed him to an extension. Moving on, Panthers, Saints, Panthers are out of it. Saints must win if they want to stay in it. If they win this game and the Buccaneers win this game, there is a three-way tie atop the NFC South at six and seven. Texans, Jets, this one's pretty straightforward too. The Texans are in a playoff race. The Jets are not. This one is at Jets. Uh, this one, the 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 line on this one is minus three and a half for Houston um, in New York. Texans win this game. They put a really good grip on one of those playoff spots, especially the way the AFC North is fighting each other uh, tooth and nail. Rams and Ravens. This one becomes really interesting. Uh, I think the Ravens are pretty well in it. The Rams are a team that I said uh, I had in the playoffs last week based on the rest of their schedule. And I think they can lose this game and still make the playoffs. And they probably will lose this game in Baltimore to drop to six and seven. But then they finish with Commanders, Saints, at Giants, 49ers. So they could go three and two in this one and finish nine and eight and still make the playoffs, Nick. Yeah, I think this is a game that the, the Ravens will take care of business here. Uh, they're a more physical team. They're going to be home. It's really hard for a West Coast team to travel and play out in uh, the east side of the country. So uh, even in the NFL. So I'll probably end up, I think Baltimore's 
probably favored by six, seven uh, would be my, if I was setting the line. Uh, so I'll take the Ravens in this one, taking care of it. Like you mentioned earlier, the sacks for the Ravens. I think the, the Rams have done a pretty good job working together this offensive line. Our guy, Steve Avila looks like an ass massive hit for them at left guard. Uh, but uh, overall, I don't trust their overall talent on the offensive line, right tackle, a little bit of a question mark and Mike McDonald's doing as good of a job as anybody as scheming up free rushers. And with the multitude of pieces that they have just pushing all the right buttons, uh, so our guy also talking about our guy Odafe Owe has been a dude this year. It's clicked for him. He's been flashing like crazy uh, for the Ravens. So took a little time, but uh, that was never, he was really new to football. So uh, Baltimore, I think they're going to take care of this. And uh, Matt Stafford's going to, you know, he's going to feel a little bit like an older man uh, after this one. The, the hits are going to add up. Yeah. You start just banking on traits. I wasn't kidding when I said the minute Adafa Owe puts on a helmet, he's going to be one of the most athletic guys in the NFL. Um, just give it time. How do the Ravens always get these guys? That's how, because they, they bank on traits um, when they're drafting later in the first round. That guy was amazing. Uh, he had this similar, very similar traits to uh, Micah Parsons, but bigger. Uh, yeah. Okay. Michael Parsons is just much more refined as a football player. A little uh, looser, too. Uh, yeah. Dafa is a little bit more linear where the flexibility of Parsons. Yeah, and that comes with center of gravity. Yeah. yeah. It's part of those things. Um, yeah. Vikings at Raiders. This one becomes a little bit more interesting, too. The Vikings just kind of keep hanging around as we move to the 4 o'clock games. They, they're they in this thing. They're absolutely in this thing. The Vikings are sitting there at 6-6. Six and six. They've lost two in a row to the Broncos and Bears. At Raiders, now the Raiders are playing much, much better since they uh, had jettisoned their awful hire of Josh McDaniels, uh, but they've lost two in a row. However, at Dolphins versus Chiefs, I'm not going to be too upset that they're losing those two in a row. They finish with Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Broncos. So a tough slate. I don't think the Raiders have much of a chance to make the playoffs here, but they're at home, Vikings on, at, at home, Vikings still struggling at quarterback should be uh, this is a tough one to call. I think I'll go Raiders uh, on this one. I think the home juice, even though it is very corporate feeling out there in the uh, death star in Vegas, but uh, I think the Vikings steam has run out a little bit. I think that the, the defense for the Vikings has not been as well. Also, I think teams kind of have started to see what's working against the deviation that has been the Vikings with Brian Flores as well. Uh, So I think I'll take the Raiders in this one, uh, even though one thing about the Raiders is they cannot run the ball worth a lick. And I think that's something that you have to at least be okay. there running against those heavy boxes that the uh, Vikings have been using. So we'll see. It's an interesting game. I, I, I agree with you that I like the Raiders too, but that goes against everything that Vegas is saying right now. Hmm. And um, the, the Vikings are favored game cast on ESPN gives them a 65% chance of winning the Vikings. I just, I mentioned Packers and Rams as two teams coming from the depths to make a playoff run. The Vikings are still there. They were farther farther down than either of those two teams. I think they were one and five at one point or in that neighborhood. They were maybe not quite that bad. I don't think so because they were I thought they were okay with Kirk Cousins and then at once they no, were kind of because they, they they went on that four game winning streak and are still oh, sitting yeah. at still sitting at six and six. So where what was the lowest they're they were lowest, sitting there at one. They, they were one and four. One and four. Yep. Yeah. And then they, they won a bunch of four. 
They lost yeah. to the Buccaneers at Eagles, Chargers, beat the Panthers, and then lost to the Chiefs before yeah. they won five in a row. Then yeah. they've dropped two in a row at Broncos and against Bears when some of the shine came off of, of Josh Dobbs. And, you know, things revert back to the norm. Uh, what isn't normal, but would love, but if it became normal, is guys like Brian Dunn coming in here with a super chat. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Y'all are killing it today. Lots of different people coming in with lots of support for the show. Um, I love doing. I love doing the NFL stuff. I, I don't. I get bored when I focus on one team. I, uh, I I I like doing recruiting. I like doing NFL draft. I like talking all this stuff. Would love to turn this show into something bigger and better for for everybody. Bringing in guests, all that kind of stuff, and and Brian doing this kind of thing certainly helps. It's a yeah. it's a huge help for us. So uh, thank you so much for your support, my friend. Um, and we appreciate the super chats, but do you, if you have any topics that you want us to for sure hit on, if it flashes that color on our screen, Scott and I, you know, not <laughs> good attention spans, we're going to go for the color. So if you have any questions or whatnot, hit us with the super chat and we will definitely spend some time talking about what you've prompted us to talk, to talk about. So appreciate you guys. Yep. Uh, you know, just reading some of the chats in here. So thank Thanks to all y'all coming in and making it a great community. This, I mean, this is a, it's a fun discussion in the morning. I, I love it. So uh, appreciate y'all being a part of it. Uh, we move on to another big game for the Seattle Seahawks. We talk about those teams out west. We just mentioned six and six Rams, six and six Vikings, six and six Seahawks at 49ers. All right. The Vi- if the Vikings can get that win against the Raiders and move to seven and six, they're going to have a leg up on some of these teams that are scrapping for that NFC wildcard spot because a couple of the other teams that are playing, they've got some tough games. At 49ers, at Ravens, Vikings on the road, at Raiders. I don't see the Seahawks going into, in fact, they're 11-point underdogs. Uh, I thought the Seahawks played the the Dallas Cowboys much better than I expected. So they're good, but the 49ers are really good right now. The 49ers, as of right now, week 14, are the best team in the NFL. Probably true. Probably right. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, with them down the stretch. I still don't fully believe in Brock Purdy, but I do believe in Kyle Shannon. I also believe in Steve Wilkes. Uh, maybe he should have kept that job in Carolina. Who knows what it looks like? I mean, they were playing hard for him, and he's doing a great job. I mean, they've done a really good job also uh, integrating Chase Young into that unit. Also, uh, Javon Hargrave has been killing it. Uh, obviously, Fred Warner. So, I mean, everybody talks the offense for 49ers, but that defense is playing great football too. Uh, but this one, Scott, it's one of the – Biggest strength on weaknesses we'll see in the entire NFL this weekend, the 49ers rushing offense versus the Seattle Seahawks rushing defense. The Seahawks have been unbelievably garbage in <laughs> stopping the run uh, this season. They're just absolutely putrid, uh, worst in EPA per rush. I think they're worst also in success rate. And the 49ers have been first in six. I think they're first in success rate on rushing attempts and second in EPA per rush this season only behind the Ravens. So I think this one is simple. Uh, the 49ers are going to have them in absolute hell, changing the angles and whatnot and doing eye candy stuff. And they're going to run the ball on will uh, in, on will against this Seahawks team, in my opinion. So I think 49ers are going to r- control this one easily. We move to the, there's two more late games in the afternoon. Bills at Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos lost an opportunity last week to uh, put some pressure on the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs have a two game lead. The Bills are playing for the lives on here, and playing for your lives in Kansas City isn't where you want to be. No, it's not. 
also what the absolute bleep is going on with the bills right now. Did you see what came out yesterday? The, the news about the, the bills about and the Sean? old, the, uh, the nine 11, uh, motivational speech. It was, I thought it was, I thought it was satire. This is like something that like some weird, wasn't that like four like, years ago? It was, but I don't yeah. know. I, I never saw this, but like talking about like, no, it just, it just came out, but it was four yeah. years ago. It's like, well, if he survived it, then yeah. You know, also, what he won't survive stuff. is losing. There's some weird stuff with Leslie Frazier too. I don't know if you've seen that coming out where like he took over game planning one week against the chiefs. He's like, we're going to completely void the box and make them pass on us. And the chiefs ran for like 195 yards. And then Sean McDermott took away play calling duties from Leslie Frazier completely on the surface uh, to make it seem like it was Leslie Frazier's fault when really it was McDermott already had taken away play calling duties for that game. So uh, there's, there's some weirdness going on in there right now. I think this is a dead man walking. I think people okay. smell it. It's so I, this, I'm this is the, the it may have already happened, but this is another nail in the coffin of the Buffalo Bills delivered by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and eliminates the Bills really from playoff contention. I think so. I, I mean, Josh Allen can go Super Saiyan mode. He's the most when he's at his peak and protecting the ball. I don't know if anybody plays as well as him considering everything he can do, uh, but I think it's just too much on him. Um, and I think this is a team that. There's some dis- malcontent in there right now. I and mean, the firing to Ken Dorsey, it reeked at the time because all the numbers said that this is a great offense. So I think this is, this is, it's going to continue to get worse. And if also, you- we got the Cap Nicole. I can't even read the name, but please explain the Bills situation more. I'll just oh, read yeah, it. Let me hit on that one real quick. I want to, okay. uh, I want to, I want to make a point and then I'll, I'll do that real quick um, for, uh, for, for uh, Cap Nakunalingus. Hopefully that wasn't a dirty word I just said too fast. Uh, and you fooled me on that one. Uh, and want to say hi to our guy, Michael Ronquillo, coming over. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Uh, we missed you early. Glad you made it in late. Um, here, here's what's interesting about this. If you believe what Nick has been saying, and I believe in Nick, the Bills are just a one-point dog at Kansas City. This team turmoil feels a little like easy money then. Um, yeah. If, if all I have to do, if all I have to do to make money on the Chiefs is for the Chiefs win at home, I'm betting on the Chiefs. Feel pretty good about that one because they need this one too. The Chiefs no. haven't been playing that great. They need this no. one too at eight and four. Um, so this this one has this one's important for them. So I agree with that. Now, um, Cap says, uh, please explain the Bills issue further. So it came out yesterday that as some sort of team meeting, motivational talk. Head coach Sean McDermott used the 9-11 terrorists as a great example of communication to get things done. Oops. uh, Bizarre. And I just want to read. What was their biggest, in order to pull off this attack, what was their biggest obstacle? Communication. Yeah. Dude. It was unbelievable. So I'm going to report what Adam Schefter said here exactly because it is. Unbelievable. Um, addressing his team, he told the entire team they needed to come together. But then sources on hand said he uses used a strange model. The terrorists on September 11th, 2001, he cited the hijackers as a group of people who are all able to get together on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott stated, started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they use to come together? A young player tried metho- uh, methodically to answer what do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran on the team answered TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood. Bizarre. Bizarre. I can't. What the absolute. I. I 
I am. It's, it's got to be parody. That's almost like a substance abuse thing. Like I was literally somewhere else in my mind. Yeah. And just started, I, my mouth started going. Trust me. Sometimes I feel like that when I get a little over caffeinated. <laughs> I, <laughs> my I mouth just, just starts going and I'm like, okay, stop, dude, slow down. And yeah. it just goes. Yeah. And, you know, th that's the hardest thing I do in the last like 30 years is caffeine. So, yeah. That's, I, I can't believe it. It's weird. I, it's, it's, it's like, it is. It's absolutely weird. So it feels if, like a South Park episode. Like they're, they, they're the South Park cows. And it's like, okay, guys, we're going to do like, it's unbelievable. What's if, the, if you wanted our pick, this yeah. might be our pick of the week is chiefs over bills. When it comes to a one point game, it's basically a pick them chiefs over bills. That one feels, uh, that one feels pretty, uh, that that would be my game. This wait, they're only that. That's my game to pick. If I'm gonna have to bet on one game, that might be it. Chiefs over Bills, uh, Broncos and Chargers. This one has playoff implications for sure. Um, Chargers win, they go to six and seven. Broncos win, they go to seven and six and are still in it. They would still need some help. Uh, if that is how it played out, uh, they would still be on the outside looking in behind the seven and six Pittsburgh Steelers. If we had the Jags beating Cleveland. Six seed being Houston, and then um, I had the Colts winning and moving to eight and five. So the seven and six team that would be in it as a wild card would still be the Steelers based on their division slash conference record. So um, that is a big game. We've covered that a lot yesterday as well on Broncos for Breakfast. So if you want to see our thoughts on Broncos Chargers in depth, go to youtube.com slash mile high huddle and look for Broncos for Breakfast. That brings us to Arguably the main event. I don't even think it's arguably the main event of the weekend. Eagles at Cowboys, which should get maybe 50 million views on Sunday night football. The Cowboys are about as hot as any team. They're at home. They played toe to toe with the Eagles uh, in, in their last matchup. I like the Cowboys in this one at home. I'm, I'm going with the home team on this. The Cowboys have had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL uh, to date this season. And fortunately for Everybody, the uh, the haters, the doubters, whatever. I don't know. I don't care about the Cowboys. I am a Dak fan, though. But they have the second hardest schedule down the stretch in the entire NFL, uh, according to strength of schedule, only behind the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so I think we're going to find out a lot about Dak Prescott and this team going down. The Eagles got embarrassed last week as well uh, against the 49ers. I think it's pretty hard to have a team as talented as the Eagles fall as hard as they did. Uh, we're going to find out a lot about them after getting embarrassed like that versus the 49ers. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one just because I'm trusting the talent and the bounce back uh, from them. I think they need it more than the Cowboys do. I think they're going to be a little bit more desperate. Uh, so I'll go with them, but I cannot wait for this game. Uh, this is going to be a great one. Bill's Chiefs are up there for me as well, Scott, just because every time Patrick Mahomes versus go goes against Josh Allen, it is must-see TV. Um uh, I'll never forget that AFC divisional round game. I mean, that was one of the better football games I've witnessed. Um, but I, I think I'll take the Eagles in this one. I'm pulling for, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm pulling for the Cowboys just because I am a Dak fan. And I'm really hoping that me starting to say like Dak Prescott MVP six, seven weeks ago. It could uh, be a battle for MVP. Jalen Hurts is be. in that conversation too. It could be watching them. Dak has a lot more responsibility on the functionality of that offense being good. Uh, but Hertz is great. Don't take, don't, uh, don't twist, don't get it twisted. So uh, I'll go Eagles in this one, but I'm pulling for Dak just because I think it's time that he 
gets an MVP. He's playing amazing football, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. I uh, I have said earlier this year that I think Philadelphia is the most balanced, best overall team. I think San Francisco is probably a little better right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I just like the the home game factor in this one. And what's what's interesting is th- this one has significant impact on seeding in in uh, in, the, in the NFC. You you want to. I, actually, I don't know if that's true, to be honest with you. <laughs> Based on the games that we have picked, and I had Minnesota. Did I have the Vikings winning that game? I had the Vikings winning in the Raiders. I actually did pick the Vikings when I was going through this earlier. Minnesota had the sixth seed at seven and six. I have the Cowboys beating the Eagles, and that puts the, the Cowboys in the third seed facing the Vikings at home, which would put the Eagles in Atlanta as the fifth seed. Um, if if the Eagles were to win this game, that puts the Eagles as the number one seed and drops the Cowboys down to uh, facing the Falcons in the wild card in Atlanta. Uh, so this is a big game. They, they, they go from the Eagles on this one go from number one overall seed and a buy and home field throughout to no buy and playing on the road uh, in 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 their first game that that's a, this is a big game i'm never really that excited about battling for seeds but when it starts getting into making predictions this is a hell of a weekend y'all it really is yeah it really should be a good one i cannot wait to see what happens in, like bill's chiefs game of course the uh the packers or not not the packers the uh eagles cowboys it's too bad monday night is not doesn't have one juicy matchup right like I, i'm i'll be watching don't get me wrong i'll be watching um but <clears throat> i think both teams monday night Dolphins are going to take care of business. They've been the number one defense in the NFL since week eight by like a good chunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch out. I've been thinking about this guy. I think we kind of talked about this after the show Wednesday, um, or maybe it was a different show. I, was, I guessed it on, but right now, like almost every single half of the teams in like the top 15 in offensive EPA are some descendants of the Kyle Shanahan team. It's just, it's killing whatever teams are doing defensively right now uh, with the light boxes and with the blocking angles that they can get on those light boxes and who's the one guy that I would trust to figure out a way to slow down these Kyle Shanahan offenses? Well, it's the guy who's seen it every day, who's figured out solutions for almost everything. Vic Fangio and the Dolphins, their defense has been unbelievable uh, because the Dolphins started out so hot offensively. Everybody And Mike McDaniel is such a fun story, and Tyree Kill's playing arguably MVP level as well. Uh, everybody talks Dolphins offense, Dolphins offense. This is the best defense in football for the last two months. Uh, so... I think we need to talk a little bit more about Bradley Chubb's playing great. You talk about a defensive lineman who's going to be available. Uh, Christian Wilkins has been awesome for them as well. Uh, you got Van Ginkle has been unleashed as a really good pass rush weapon for them. Jalen Ramsey's back playing good football. Javon Holland's probably an all pro safety. Uh, so yeah, this is a, uh, a defense that I think we're just not talking enough about right now. They're playing really good football. This one should be pretty easy for the player. I would go after. Uh, Keith Brugman asks, yeah, and my, to, 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 for your point, Miami Dolphins, they're, the Dallas Cowboys, you were talking about there down the, down the stretch. They're Eagles at Bills, at Dolphins, Lions, and they finish with the Commanders. The Dolphins haven't had the toughest schedule in the world. In fact, their, their strength of victory is, I think, the lowest in the NFL. I believe it. They finished their last three games with Cowboys at Ravens, Bills. So we'll, we'll, we'll find get a out. better idea for them. Yeah. Of, but I agree. But the Packers have to win this game to stay alive too. So that's the other part of this. Going back to just a callback from 
from what we talked about before we put a bow on this. Um, Keith Brugman asks, good to see you, Keith. He says, Scott, you can trade for Steele, a non-quarterback from any NFC South team. Okay. Any team I could steal one player from is Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah. So this, that was a qualifier. So now I have to think yeah. about it again. Uh, any NFC South team sending them your best player at the same position. Who do you trade for and who do you send? So you're sending your best player at the same time. This is a, it's a, it's a little confusing, Keith. <laughs> so you got to think about what, where you're the weakest and a team might be strongest as well. So yeah, I think the way yeah. to think about who's, this would be who's uh, the Falcons need to pass rush. Who's the best pass rusher in the NFC? Ryan Burns. So Bud okay, Dupree Brian for Ryan Burns, Burns. There it is. Yep. And I'm sending him Bud Dupree. That's the easiest. Or Arnold Ebiketti, if yeah, you're the Falcons. Boom, boom. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the answer across the board for the, the Buccaneers, for the uh for the Saints. Who can you because the Saints need a pass rush big time. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the answer for every NFC South team that isn't the Panthers, is Brian Burns, who is, I mentioned at the top of the show pending free agent you know the yeah. he's one of those names that is really there is a lot of defensive line edge help in this free agent class if they reach free agency brian they burns is one of those guys yeah. he's gonna get a bag he's gonna yeah. get a big fat bag um yes, the falcons will make him a priority to come three hours south down i-85 from charlotte to atlanta flowery yeah. branch not even barely three hours to flowery branch yeah, and I did want to see in here one of our favorites. Uh, I see Michael Latsky is in the house. Um, haven't seen him Michael in a while. I, yeah, I did want to share this too. I think I shared it with you at the moment, uh, but Michael sent me a really, really nice uh, package of information, uh, data, or not data, uh, just like clothes, food, candy, whatever. And he sent me an Iowa shirt <laughs> that he must have worn. We don't need the, to see this. What, I, what I, am I, I clicking on? This is, isn't this great? I want to give a shout out to Michael Latsky for the he's a signed letter from Hayden Fry and this shirt that uh, I am definitely going to wear whenever my newborn comes um, and when he's old enough to start feeling embarrassment. I think it was for your newborn, Nick. <laughs> I don't know if Michael's a little shorter than I am, too. Um, I am a long torsoed individual. Uh, my wife actually has longer legs than I do, um, even though I'm four inches taller. But uh, yeah, shout out to the Iowa cutoff. Um, it brought a lot of joy to my friends and family when I sent them that picture. So yeah, I uh, you're, you're a more secure man than I am to send that picture out. Uh, I, listen, we are out of here. Uh, it is Friday. It is going to be a. It's already been an interesting week of NFL football, starting with the Patriots Steelers last night, and it's going to be a fun long weekend of football in the NFL. That's why we went over all of these games. Want to say thank you to Ryan Adonis who kicked us off on YouTube with the super chat. Edward Brown as well. John Harrell coming in big with a super sticker. Greg Elrod. Big part of the chat. First one in here, super chat as well. And Brian Dunn, y'all make the show that much better for us. So hopefully we can make it that much better for you. So thank you for your support. We will be back on Monday to talk Falcons Broncos. We'll be on this channel, 9 a.m. to talk Falcons versus Buccaneers and see who is taking charge or at least taking the lead in the NFC South. Among other things, we will could be talking who are going to be the best head coaching candidates like we did after the Cardinals game. Uh, 
Then we will flap over to uh, youtube.com slash mile high huddle to touch on the Broncos. We are here every Friday to talk NFL and we will probably hit more on NFL draft next week. Cause I don't think the slate of games is quite as interesting next week as it was this week. Thank you for being here, Nick. Any final thoughts before we get going? Yeah. Saturday, uh, army Navy game should be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously they got a, a strangle stranglehold on the market on Saturday, with that being the only uh, college football game outside of the, I think FCS playoffs kicking off here. Uh, but uh, the Army's favored by three. They're both five and six this year. Midshipmen owned f- for a long time, but uh, going to be played in Foxborough as well. So it should be a fun game. I always like to tune into that one. Uh, just, you know, good football, the storylines and whatnot. So Army-Navy uh, should be a good time. We'll see what happens. I'm guessing the Michael is talking about Otani. Should be pretty close to making a decision for MLB news. Uh, and uh, is it Pac-D, Pac-Di? Apology. Um says, actually, the Falcons do have a 3-0 lead in our division. Yes, but the Buccaneers are 3-1. and So if they win the game, that tiebreaker evens itself out. You would both be 3-1. and You would both be 1-1 one and one against each other. The division record this would be the same. The head-to-head would be the same. The tiebreaker for the Falcons-Buccaneers would go to the Buccaneers. So NFC South, 1 o'clock, battle for first place. Uh, winner is in first. Uh, because the, the the Saints, I don't think, have a good enough division or conference record to win those tiebreakers. On that note, we are out of here. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks to all of our Super Chat superstars uh, coming in big for us. We will be back on Monday. I hope you'll have a hell of a football weekend. Until then, we will see you.